Welcome to the Dildorks Dorky Discourse on Sex, Dating, and Masturbating. My name is Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist, a sex blogger, and I'm obsessed with interesting and unique fetishes. Never gets less interesting to me. Who are you, friend? I'm Billy. I'm a sex educator and porn maker, and uh, I I still don't know how Reddit works, but I do love me a weird fetish. (laughs) Yeah, so... As you know, if you've listened for for a while, I really like to hang out on the sex subreddit. And one trend that I've been noticing lately, and I'm sure this is always true, but I've just been really keyed into this lately, is just a lot of really unique fetishes that I don't hear much about elsewhere. Um, Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, if people are at the point of coming to the sex subreddit, it's like it's the thing that they're really nervous about or they've maybe already tried a few things. And they're looking for advice. And I just, a lot of these are not so much advice questions as like, I just wanted to know your take on that. Sometimes I'm just reading Reddit and I'm like, I wonder what Billy would think about that. (laughs) Some of them are advice questions. Yeah. Before we dig into them, I'm curious, like you're saying that they're, you're seeing it more now than you have. I'm curious if you think like... We talk often about how uh, kinksters round things up to fetishes, whereas vanilla folks just round it down to, like, that's a thing that's hot. Like, you know, seeing someone in a suit. Like, oh, I just think they look good versus, like, I have a suit fetish or I have jeans fetish or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm curious if the fact that people are talking so much more about kink these days, if you think these are a lot of people, like, rounding things up to fetishes that they may not have thought of as a fetish if it wasn't as much in the cultural zeitgeist or if you think this is just i don't know coincidence people are showing up more with like you know technical definition fetish fetishes you know it's a good question i think that in a post 50 shades world there is a lot more cultural competence and knowledge of kinks and fetishes and to Mm -hmm. some degree less shame about them um what i found interesting about almost all the ones or maybe even all the ones that i gathered for this episode is that most of these people mentioned at some point how long they've been into this thing and in many cases Mm -hmm. it was like i sort of tried to deny it for years but like since i was a kid or since i was a teenager i've been really into this thing And I think that that type of person in a previous era maybe would just suppress it as best as they possibly could. And many people, of course, today are still doing that, unfortunately, Um, Mm -hmm. in some cases for safety reasons or due to religious shame or whatever it may be. Um, But I think that in our current world, post Fifty Shades, post like kinky TikTok and all this stuff, maybe more Mm -hmm. people feel comfortable labeling things as fetishes. uh, But unfortunately, that doesn't necessarily do that much to help with like logistical problems around fetishes like how to Mm -hmm. disclose what to do if every time I disclose people ghost me like this kind of thing yeah I and I think especially like while I think it's really good that we're seeing a lot more of this in the cultural conversation and like most people are acquainted with like I don't know I'm thinking back to when I was you know in my late teens flirting with people and like playing the question game and stuff i would always like lean into like okay well like what are your kinks or what are your fetishes like would be one of my early things and the number of times people would be like i don't know i don't have any and 
<laughs> me being who I am, I was like, what do you mean you don't? Everyone has a cup. You gotta be into something weird. Come on. Again, this is me. Right. But uh, looking back, I'm like, oh. Um, but yeah, so like on the one hand, I feel like that's not like you wouldn't get that answer from most people nowadays. Everyone is going to have something that they're going to want to even say is kinky because it's cool or whatever. Right. It mm-hmm. yeah, signifies some kind of like adventurousness in the kind of sex you're having or whatever. Um, yeah. Vanilla is almost derogatory in these, which like, <laughs> I don't think, but you know, like yeah. it's got that tone. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm getting at. I don't need to over explain myself. Um, <laughs> Wish I thought that more often. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Never been said Um, on the Dildarks before in the history of our show. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But at the same time, uh, I do like sometimes wonder about like the prevalence of people being like, you know, I have a daddy kink or I have a praise kink, but, you know, I like when people are nice to me and say good things to me, right? Like things that feel, you know, and daddy kink. I like saying daddy. What do you mean incest role play? No, you know, like, <laughs> right, yeah. the, you know, there's the, the mainstreaming of some of these things, you know, even choking, whatever. Um, I wonder how much that is pushing less typical things further into the fringes, mm-hmm. right? Where... It, Rather than bringing everything a little bit more towards the middle, we're like, yes, kinks are, you know, this little cluster of uh, kind of, I guess, edgy by vanilla standards, but relatively safe mainstream. You know, it's rough sex. It's say whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, I wonder if someone coming into the like, well, what are your kinks? And someone is like, you know, I have a praise kink and I really like blowjobs and sometimes... (gasps) anal and this, this, someone else is just like all right well like i'm you know even like water sports which i don't think is particularly extreme or like you know uh, fetish for uh oh what was i had a, a podcast episode where someone was talking about having a fetish for t-shirts with like a particular kind of iron-on decal and the way it like, right? Not even not iron on, but like a particular kind of uh, screen printing. The ones that like after a couple of loads of wash, where they start to crack and like get weathered and worn and what things. What an interesting kink! I have so many of those t-shirts. <laughs> right, exactly. And they talked about like loving the way they look and feel when they're fresh, and loving the way that they start to wear over time, and like the way it changes the shape of things, and like. The way they talked about it, they were writing into some, sh- I don't know if it was like Sex Words Sandra, Savage Lovecast, like it feels like that cluster of things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and describing this, and like, to me, I'm like, uh, that capital F fetish, right? That yeah. is like, and I'm curious if that person would be met with more resistance now when mm-hmm. in a world where we're not like, all fetishes are weird and whatever, you know? Yeah, I think I don't know if there's an answer, but. I think there's still a lot of stigma about fetishes that are about specific objects rather than yeah. being about people in some way. And I think or a lot even of that. Parts of a people. Yeah. Like I, the, you know. Yeah. I think some people 
see it as, well, are you attracted to me or are you attracted to the object? And I think like that's an understandable perspective. I have felt that way in interactions with certain fetishists before. Uh, mm -hmm. But I think as with many things sexually, like it's little column A, little column B, like just because you're into running shoes doesn't mean you're going to be into every single person wearing running shoes. There's probably mm -hmm. a combination of people you find attractive wearing a specific kind of running shoe. And it's kind of the combination of the things that sort of fires you up. Although growing up on Long Island, there was the one guy on OkCupid who messaged everyone with a pair of Converse on in any of their pictures. Mm. Like, I talked to multiple girls. And I feel like that's, you know, every area has that one person who is like into this thing and they're like, nah, I will just go to anyone. But I don't think that is like the norm. I also think there is like, I don't know. Uh, People balk at a thing that they can't imagine how it would be sexy. Mm -hmm. Where like a lot of kinks are like, oh, I'm not into that. But like genitals are involved somewhere where pain <laughs> is involved in some way. And right. like I understand that there are people that like pain mm -hmm. or people that, you know, most sex, people who like sex like genitals, right? So like, okay, and I can extrapolate from there why someone might find this hot but a, a an item that is not often seen as sexual at all like a t-shirt right or a pair of jeans where you're like that's not even a particularly sexy mm -hmm. article of clothing i think more people find jarring but that's my favorite i find it so fascinating <laughs> i love the idea of like something that I find totally innocuous and most people will find totally innocuous if I have it in the right context around the right person can be deeply erotic. Like, yeah, this, it feels like a magic trick to me. It's so neat. Yeah, I feel so powerful when I find out something like that about a new person I'm seeing or trying to flirt with. Like, yeah, it feels very powerful. Yeah. Anyway, you came here with ideas, and I'm just musing on the <laughs> ideas of fetishes because I'm like this. So tell, tell me some of the weird stuff you found. Okay. And to clarify, weird, not a judgment in this case. I also think of these as being weird fetishes, and I mean that with all the affection in the world, truly. Like, I love kinksters. I love that we're weird. I love being a weirdo. It's the best. <laughs> yeah, weird is some of the highest praise I can give most things. Like, get at me with your weird shit. Yeah, if I call your sexuality normal, that might be an insult. <laughs> I'm kidding. I wouldn't. Um, but <laughs> so since we're talking about I would never call someone normal. Ew. <laughs> I used to hate on OKCupid when guys would message me and be like, wow, you seem so normal. I really want to get to know you. And I'd be like, blech, you are misreading the situation. Uh, okay, so we're talking about objects and we were talking about clothing a little bit. So I wanted to start with one of those. Mm -hmm. uh, this was a, I believe, cis man married to a woman has a fetish for Speedos, as in the very tight swimwear item. Huh. Um, but it's for him. It's on him. He loves to wear them. He collects them. He thinks about them during sex. Um, problem is, he's never brought this up with his wife. And also, he doesn't really know how to incorporate Speedos into sex in a way that would be, like, fun for her. Because he compared it to, like, if you were into women in pantyhose, obviously the woman can then participate. She can put pantyhose on. She can rub her feet all over your dick or whatever she's going to do. But if mm -hmm. it's him in the Speedo, he's, like, not really sure how to do that because 
it's like if she's not into it inherently, but he is like how how to navigate that? What are your suggestions yeah. for this man? I really okay, first of all, when you said he doesn't know how to, I really thought it was going to end with swim and I just <laughs> <sighs> okay i just i had to let that thought out i needed to share it with you um that does okay. make me wonder does this man wear a speedo when he goes swimming or is it a situation where it's like i might be swimming with like you know family around or kids around or whatever and i want to wear something that's not going to turn me on so maybe i'm going to go with the with the you know trunks right so, okay so the if you've listened to even a single episode of this show before, when the question is, how am I going to incorporate this or share this with a partner or what, how am I going to make this hot, whatever, uh, the, the follow-up question is, well, what's hot about it for you, right? Um, and since this person isn't sitting in front of me, um, <laughs> and I'm assuming you'd have included those details if they talked a ton about it in the post, yeah. um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm left to imagine. So my guesses would be that there is like some degree of restriction that is hot right because mm-hmm. um, speedos are i think known for being pretty tight fitting mm-hmm. um and like bathing suit material that tracks for me right it would be um more restrictive than like a pair of tidy whities or something right mm-hmm. um i'm uh, Matt, there's also like the, the 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 cultural context that speedos sit in which is like I don't know, this idea of being a particularly exposing kind of swimwear, you know? I feel like they're usually associated with queer men or European men. Yeah. I think there is often, like, a a connotation, if you're talking in straight culture or whatever, around, like, this idea of surprise of seeing someone in a Speedo. Like, oh gosh, everything's just on display. It's just all (laughs) out there. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's the butt of the joke that they come with, right? Like... Even among straight women, I don't feel like they're often talked about as sexy, which yeah. is odd to me because as if I am attracted to a person, the more of that person I am seeing is usually a, a plus, yeah. right? <laughs> we're, we're real tightly packaging up their bits for me and like, I, thank you. I love that. Great. <laughs> um, but that's just, I'm a queer man, so what do I know? Um, so, yeah, like... I, that's where I would think that, like, this is probably coming from one cluster of those things. I, which makes the play with a partner difficult, right? Um, obviously, I mean, simplest thing: put on a speedo and touch them through it in whatever ways feel good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I that is somewhat limiting especially if they have a somewhat conventional straight sex life which if he's afraid to bring this up i'm assuming they do (laughs) so all of my initial thoughts come back to power which is a me thing but (laughs) hopefully yeah i think it's a fairly common thing to find hot right um because i think there is you could definitely do some chastity stuff with that right that's where my mind went immediately yeah yeah exactly right um i mean i guess if you want to fuck with the speedo on pulling it to the side would probably be really uncomfortable right um but you could have a special speedo that has a hole in the front where it is like a strap situation right 
Yeah, that, that kind of makes me wonder, like, when like, I interviewed someone who had, like, a tight jeans fetish, they mentioned that sometimes they would, like, pull the jeans down just enough to get the dick out, mm. and that this would provide a level of constriction that was, like, almost like a cock ring uh, in terms of, like, helping with boner strength, and I wonder if that would be an element here. Yeah, like, if we're, if we're thinking, like, pulling to the side or, like, pulling down and tucking underneath. Hi. Mm-hmm. I- either between the dick and the balls or under the balls. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like underneath would kind of push everything up and forward in a way that would actually probably look pretty good and, like, provide some interesting pressure. Um, but between them, you have, like, if the constriction and pressure on the balls is particularly hot, you can kind of still have that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is, like, can you wear the speedo to get turned on and can she enjoy knowing that you're getting horny right like can she make you wear it under your suit to go to work or whatever Mm. the fuck you wear to work um normies wear suits right i don't know Um, (laughs) they did pre-pandemic who knows what's happening now right under your pajama pants to the (laughs) desk in the corner um (laughs) whatever um but yeah or just wear the speedo around the house while you're like making dinner and doing chores and watching a movie for the evening or whatever your evenings look like together before later fucking right and Mm -hmm. she just gets to like objectify you in that outfit right or if part of it is the like i don't know the 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 uh, joke of like it being slightly inappropriate or whatever right does she get to like Oh, you're you're so exposed walking around the house where she, while she is like dressed the way she typically would be, and you're in this tiny little speedo, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this person is underestimating uh, their partner's buy-in and how motivating it could be, or like would be to he- hear that something is turning my partner on. If my partner is getting turned on over a thing, that is often enough to turn me on. I don't have to like the specific item. I can like the fact that it's making them hard, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is likely uh, something that they could play on here, too. But they seem very caught up on the idea that, like, my partner has to specifically like the Speedo, whereas, like, they might just like your reaction to the speedo and over time we are all pavlov's dog like they they will begin to associate that with speedos if you're playing with this often enough or they they might you know mm-hmm. yeah as per usual our minds went in pretty similar directions with this i i think yeah. that the connotation about speedos being a little bit queer maybe even like effeminate first of all Mm -hmm. obviously that's shitty obviously i don't agree that that should be the connotation of of this or necessarily any clothing item uh adds to stigma and also is you know frankly often homophobic the way people talk about it but Mm -hmm. i do think if we're talking about a fairly normy straight woman who you're trying to come out to about this fetish if that part of it is at all on her mind, I think the easiest way to sort of address that would be to foreground your desire for her in the ways that you explore this. So is mm-hmm. it like she has to get you like or you're trying to get it as hard as possible in the speedo so she can like see physically like your desire for her in the speedo or like send a dick pic where it's like through the speedo or whatever. Um mm-hmm. 
I also definitely thought about the chastity angle in terms of can you like leave it on while you like go down on her? Maybe there's a fun game you can play where like you're not allowed to take it off until all you come in it. Like <laughs> these are things mm-hmm. that I would be into. I don't know if this yeah. one would be into it. I think that anytime you can frame something as like, I'm going to give you pleasure while this element happens to be there. I think that's a pretty easy sell for a lot of people. So if you're like, do you mind mm-hmm. if I wear it while I like go down on you? Uh, maybe they can directly observe that you're like way more turned on and into it. If you're doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the objectification humiliation angle is fun. Like if she does have a sort of gut reaction to the speedo that's like that looks a little ridiculous and it's a little tight or whatever, like she can find a way to channel that in a healthy and consensual way if he's into that element of it where maybe she's mm-hmm. like mocking him a little bit about it. That could be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also this made me think about what it would be like to use a vibrator on somebody through a speedo. I think like a mm. strong vibrator, like a magic wand could be really cool with this and the texture of the material would change how that felt a little bit and i imagine that if you have a speedo fetish you probably are down to come in the speedo yeah i don't know what the cleaning process would be like but that seems like it would be fun oh they gotta be easy to clean they're made to go in like chlorine and salt yeah. water and shit like yeah you don't want that to have to go in the delicate cycle or something you know like right yeah Yeah, I think there's a lot of potential here. I do very much understand the apprehension, though, if it's a fetish about a thing that you're going to wear, where you're like, I don't even know, like, what my partner's, like, role is in this. But I think that that just calls for maybe a mutual brainstorming session or, you know, you look at porn together that features it or whatever and sort of make a list of elements that seem interesting to at least try. Yeah. And there's even the, like the approach of just talking about like i feel really hot when i wear this Mm -hmm. like that alone i think is gonna be relatively motivating to a lot of people like this feels good to me to wear like i don't think that is a foreign concept to a lot of people Mm -hmm. whereas a fetish for a particular item of clothing may not be a, a context that they've really thought about or considered. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, this clothing makes me feel good when I wear it. I feel hot in this piece of clothing. Like, I have plenty of things where I, like, wear it and I put it on and I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, shit, I look good. And, like, knowing that I look hot all day makes me, like, a little ambiently turned on, right? Mm-hmm. It's If I need to take nudes or shoot porn or something that day i dress hot even if i'm not leaving the house even if i'm not shooting in the clothing that i'm wearing because that like ambient vibes of just like i feel good and Mm -hmm. i don't have a fetish for a lot of those clothes i just like the way they make my ass look you know Mm -hmm. um so i think contextualizing it that way is also helpful this isn't i'm not saying like don't say the word fetish but like (laughs) right that that may be a uh, a familiar concept that their brain can kind of latch on to make it a little easier to grok Yeah, and I think that that can also open up a conversation about, like, what makes you feel hot when you wear it? Because I think, like, Mm -hmm. not not in every situation, but there are many situations in disclosing a fetish or a kink where you have the opportunity to turn it around a little bit and be like, does any of this resonate with you? Or is there a thing that you like that sort of holds a similar place in your life or your sexuality? Because you never want to be like, I have all these kinks and I need you to participate in them without also being like and what about you like what could I do for you you know Mm -hmm. all right I I was worried about not having enough 
kinks uh, to talk about in this episode, and I should really never worry about that um, because <laughs> no. we have been recording for almost 25 minutes now, and <laughs> we have done one of them, and that's great. I love We're that for great. us. Okay, this one is very interesting, and I was like, I was really trying to think about what I would advise if a friend came to me with this situation. Um, this person said, I essentially can only get aroused when my partner is not feeling sexually excited. They have to be doing something with slash for me in a strictly platonic slash mechanical manner or doing it only as a favor. An example is that I really enjoy pornography involving robots or people being hypnotized into performing sex acts because the idea of the other person feeling anything is revolting. Uh, this ended up ruining my last relationship because I could only ever climax if my partner was performing oral on me fully clothed, not talking dirty or touching themselves. If I sense the other person is feeling sexual pleasure, it instantly ruins it for me. I, and this one like stuck out to me because for, for one thing, I, I wonder, and there's there wasn't really information provided in the post about this, like, could this be a trauma response? I don't really want to chalk up kinks to trauma responses. There are reasons why that's problematic to do. But it does mm -hmm. kind of seem like it reminds me of Roman Roy from Succession. Like he has an issue if anybody around him starts to get turned on, even from doing sexy things. And it's like, I wonder how much of that may be related to past experiences where someone getting turned on in your presence was perhaps scary or dangerous to you for some reason. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't know. Um, it may not be. I could see this fetish also sort of existing in isolation. Um, but mm -hmm. it is kind of a it's kind of a conundrum because we're talking about sexual excitement, but you want your partner to yeah. not be feeling sexual excitement or to at least not be expressing that. So what would you advise this person? Yeah, it, that that is interesting. And it was it was also my first thought that like, again, we don't want to assume kinks are all evidence of you know something wrong with you quote unquote but like this is one that i think is worth poking at and examining speaking as someone who has a great many kinks that have been worth poking at and examining <laughs> and knowing where they come from doesn't mean you got to stop doing them right yeah. um but it is worth like that's an interesting thought process my brain has hmm. <laughs> huh. um and like frankly just doing that could make you better at uh, exploring them yourself and find new ways to enjoy it yourself, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they mentioned enjoying hypnosis porn. So like I tie on the list as like, there are plenty of people who are into hypnosis, right? Because like, I think, like we said, this is relatively unique, specifically in the like they experience some degree of revulsion um or like it actively turns them off to have the other person into it um i don't know of a name there may be a name for that but like i don't know that there's a name for that kink i don't know that there's huge communities around it like that sort of thing right mm -hmm. um but i think you can find other fetish communities that will jive with that kink Right, mm -hmm. and I think hypnosis is one of them. Yeah, um, there are certainly people who would get off on the idea of their sexual pleasure being taken away through some degree of hypnosis. Right, you're not allowed to enjoy this. Like, I'm sure there are people who'd be into that. Right, there are certainly. I mean, they mentioned the robot thing. I, I will role play that with you. I don't know who else will, but like, <laughs> there's at least one other weirdo in the world who's into that. Yeah, and presumably the other people making that porn. <laughs> um. There's also uh, folks who are into CNC, right? Maybe down to do some degree of role play with that and that sort of thing, right? 
Um, yeah, I also, like I said, I, I also, I do think it's worth examining, you know, whether it comes from like a time where someone expressing sexual pleasure was unsafe or even just felt like a demand or felt like an, an expectation, right? You feel like them expressing that kind of pleasure is going to lead to some sort of pressure or whatever, right? All of that certainly worth poking at, but in the meantime, or even after you do and you decide that this is a thing that you enjoy, I think those communities are going to be good outlets for finding people who may enjoy this in a similar way. Uh, chastity, again, um, pretty intense power exchange type things, right? Um Frankly, uh, speaking as an allosexual, I, 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 I may be talking out of my ass here, but like <laughs> would explore folks, you know, relationships with folks on the A spectrum too. Who no, are, I, I, I thought that too. Yeah. You know, not, you know, there are people who are sex repulsed, but there are also people who are like, uh, oh, I forget who I heard describe it as like playing golf. I don't like golf, but if you love golf, I'll go golfing with you. Sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and like folks who have that relationship to sex might be like, no, if if a way for me to show you pleasure and like a way to show my affection for you is to give you pleasure in this particular way, great. I'm going to be fairly indifferent to the experience. Like that sounds ideal for you, frankly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that's kind of the tough thing about this is that this person is ostensibly looking for someone who's in sort of the sweet spot between like, I'm not going to be super into the sex that we're having, but mm-hmm. I'm still consenting to it and I'm still okay with it. And that's kind of, mm-hmm. it, I could imagine that it would be hard to find somebody who's sort of in that space. Um, this reminded me mm-hmm. of a friend of mine who used to date a guy whose kink was to be ignored during sex, like as if mm-hmm. he literally was like a ghost. They would have a thing where my friend's partner would text them and be like, I'm going to be home in however many minutes and I want to do this type of scene. I think they had an emoji for it. It might have been a ghost emoji. I don't know. Um, And so my friend would, uh, if they were up for it at the time, would do something like read a book, read a magazine and just sort of like lie on the bed, sort of ass up and Mm -hmm. just sort of sit there continuing to do that while their partner would like fuck them and be totally ignored during that process. And And I, yeah, it seemed hot and fun to me. I liked that there was sort of a container for it and a Uh communication protocol for it, which I think was helpful for both people. Um, Mm -hmm. I also, this, this also reminded me of how, like, I have a part of me that's sort of a judgmental mean girl, which is a part that was definitely created during middle school when I was hanging out with a lot of mean girls and it became sort of a defense mechanism to be mean and to act superior and to be sort of judgy about everything. And that's not who I want to be in my real life, but that part has gone on to have a new life in certain kink scenes where that can Mm -hmm. be hot if it's consensual. And I think that if you have a partner who has that side of them and doesn't have another place to like let it out, that that could be fun. It could be fun to just be the sort of judgmental character who's like, oh, you think that feels good for me? Like this isn't doing anything for me and you're pathetic and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Um, The problem is that 
this type of scene probably cannot be your entire sex life, I imagine. Like, it yeah. would be pretty hard to find somebody who was compatible with you to the level that this could be your entire sex life. And so I think that there would always, pretty much always be a part of your sex life where you would be expected to provide pleasure to a partner or, or satisfaction of some kind. And it would be a bummer if your reaction was bad to any sort of pleasure that your partner was receiving like i yeah. think that if you're turned off by the idea of your partner having a good time and receiving pleasure that's probably something you're going to need to work on before you're going to be able to have like good sexual relationships i would imagine um it does complicate the issue that like as you said there are ace people with various degrees of being okay with sex or being repulsed by it and i'm sure that there are people on that spectrum who would fit into this fantasy but the trouble is those people are so specific and so limited in their numbers that it's like i feel like if you generally if you want to date and you want to have sex you probably are going to need to figure out a way to be able to give pleasure that doesn't feel awful for you and that doesn't like completely turn you off but the thing is like i don't yeah. even know how to advise somebody on something like that um yeah i mean especially if you want monogamy yeah, right. right. Like, yeah, I think that's a big point here, too, is like probably would be very, very hard to find somebody who would be willing to be monogamous in this situation. Yeah. And like, even so, I think if you're trying to build a long term relationship with someone that is like, even if you're not monogamous, right, but a, a, a long term committed I don't do hierarchy, but something that looks primary adjacent kind of relationship, right? Mm -hmm. You know, um, with someone, uh, yeah, they would either need to be somewhere on a, uh, a spectrum where like receiving pleasure, like from you, isn't all that important to them. Mm -hmm. If, and when they want to, they can get themselves off, but otherwise this is a thing that they do for you and as a way to connect while providing some kind of service for you, right? Mm -hmm. um, or, like, a hardcore denial fetishist, right? Mm, Who is, yeah. like... Again, I still think monogamy would be quite the feat, but, like, someone who is particularly into, no, in this relationship, I am denied pleasure by this person. I'm not. Right. If I get turned on by, like the process of this i go handle that on my own and there's not space for me to show that here or talk about that here or whatever yeah um and even that like it might be hard for this person knowing that they're getting turned on by that denial and like having to deal with that elsewhere mm -hmm. um and just like not displaying it right same with like folks who are particularly into cnc or that sort of thing um but at the very least i think they'll need to be able to learn to suspend some sort of disbelief there mm -hmm. right um and yeah i think even if it is a like you can't get from like, you can't feel positively about getting them off if you can get from repulsion to neutral, mm -hmm. wherein, like, it is a service I am providing them, similarly to how at other times they provide the service for me, right? And maybe mm -hmm. you don't give each other pleasure in the same sexual session. Mm -hmm. um, that That might be something approachable, but I would... I think their first step is probably poking at 
that feeling of repulsion at someone else's pleasure uh and and and, and channeling your inner toddler with the but why but but <laughs> but why does that feel that way but what <laughs> Are there other words for repulsion? What is the tenor or flavor of this repulsion? What mm. particularly is grossing me out? What am I feeling tense around it? Am I feeling, you know, like find as many words as you can for that feeling and mm-hmm. the, it, where it comes from and what, you know, and, and flesh that out a little bit. Um, and I think that's going to be the first thread to pull at, at in this very complicated knot of feelings. Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely had times in my sex life and my trauma history where I would be a little bit uncomfortable with people feeling or expressing pleasure because to me it felt like the the story in my head was like if someone feels pleasure, they're going to want to like go down that path and they might like sort of ignore or sideline my boundaries because of their level mm-hmm. of arousal or I might feel that I need to like quote unquote finish the job because they've reached mm-hmm. a certain level of arousal. So I had all these like issues and insecurities and fears around it, which for me trauma therapy was really helpful for. And I agree with you that like at least getting to a place of neutrality about it would be good because, you know there are many people who are turned on by directly giving pleasure going down on someone or jerking them off or whatever. And there are also many Mm -hmm. people who like get some degree of emotional closeness out of that, but maybe it's not like their direct turn on. Like maybe it's Mm -hmm. just something they do because they recognize that it's important to their partner and it's important to the overall relationship. And even if it's not like the super hottest thing to them, it's part of, you know, it's part of sex. It's part of what they enjoy about sex. And it's tough to talk about mm-hmm. because we never want to say, like, do something that you really actually don't want to do. But mm-hmm. I also think it's reasonable for people to want their sexual relationships to include their, their pleasure and their satisfaction. Um, yeah. So, and yeah. Want is such a complex thing, right? Sexual desire is not the only reason to want to have sex, right? Um, and I think when we're talking about consent, there is a lot of, I don't know, with the, like, if it's not an enthusiastic, yes, it's a no kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And like, I think you and I both recognize that there is a a pretty gray area in, in between enthusiastic fuck yeah. And like, I'm still consenting to this. Yeah. Right. Especially in the ways that we play with kink, right. There are plenty of things that I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. I'm not enthusiastic about this happening to me. I, I would like to do it and survive it. (laughs) I love the idea of doing it. I am choosing to do this. I hate everything about it. I (laughs) want nothing to do with this. Oh no, I'm still in line for it. Absolutely. What do you mean? Yeah. (laughs) You know, like that is a feeling that is a complex feeling that I, I hold and know well. Um, so I think, uh, similarly with sex, like connection and, uh, love and service and, um, bonding and like there are, there are plenty of reasons to have sex that have nothing to do with it gets my dick hard. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think those are the, I'm just listing ones that I think are hard to even object with. Like there are plenty of other reasons that like adults we make our choices right Mm -hmm. um but like yeah i think it's up to you to you can still decide to do the thing and want to do the thing without it looking like what we assume wanting to have sex looks like that got kind of fuzzy at the end but you get what i'm getting at yeah and i think people on the a spectrum are often very aware of that and yeah, yeah it's great okay this one made me smile 
Mm-hmm. Um, this person said that he has a belly button fetish, but oh. he doesn't even know like what to do. Like he was like, does anyone here do belly button stuff? And like, what is belly button stuff? <laughs> like, what does one do? Which I think is so interesting because there are so many fetishes and kinks where you're like, I understand that in the abstract. However, if I want to actually uh, consummate that, like, what do I physically do? Uh, where does your mind go with this? Uh, my first thought is, like, I think most of the porn I've seen that is somewhat focused on belly buttons is on, like, larger bodies folks, specifically folks with big bellies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because there is just so much more mass around the belly or the belly button itself right like uh, on a fat person you can fuck damn near their belly button right even Mm -hmm. like the soft squishy tissue all around it right there is it is much more malleable i guess for lack of a better you know like there is just so much more to do with like versus a particularly slender person where like yeah that's that's a very tiny hole in some very taut <laughs> tissue like i don't know what you're gonna do with a belly button on a six-pack i really don't right. um, I, I, you can like hump the washboard i guess um, i'm assuming this person i mean frankly if they don't have Audi bits this would be a hell of a lot easier i could fuck it up belly button easy like the average <laughs> belly button fucking great um <laughs> But, like, yeah, I think um, there is a lot to do if you also just like large bellies. Like, there's a lot mm-hmm. to play with there. And, like, as soft, squishy bodies, there's so much fun things you can do with them. Like, and that would feel good to, like, grind against or whatever. Um, presumably, you can do things with your mouth and tongue, too, that would, like, feel good to you to explore some degree of kissing, whatever. Um, I don't know uh, how the receptive person would feel about that. I, (laughs) I hate having my belly button touched like so, so much. Mm -hmm. So like I, my first thought was like, oh, if someone really wanted like, uh, me the the fucking CNC uh, give me a bad time fetishist uh, (laughs) torture adjacent things like I'm like yeah shit you're into belly buttons fuck with my belly button I will make the most uncomfortable sounds in the world I will try and crawl out of my skin because I have I was having this conversation with other people at kink camp not about belly button fetishes just about belly buttons I don't we're not even gonna worry about how we got there um <laughs> there were a couple of us with innies like some people with innies who were like yeah I just kind of like I touch it sometimes it feels kind of cool I don't know I like it whatever and then there were a couple of us who were like no I think my innie is just deeper than yours or something I don't know but if you touch the inside of my belly button it feels like you're touching my insides like it is the most unpleasant feeling I like it is like the nerves in there are uncomfortably sensitive. I just, ugh, it makes me crawl out of my skin. Um, but like, if you are also into, if you have a streak of sadism, mm-hmm. like that could be fun. Um, but I think the average person is going to be uh, indifferent to it and into it, like into you displaying that you're into it. We talked about that a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. But my mind initially goes to... Uh, uh, fucking and grinding against it especially with people with bigger bellies um and like really soft plush bellies uh and like 
and or I guess mouth stuff. I mean, you mm-hmm. can finger a belly button, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think you can get a lot of mileage for a lot of body parts a bit, uh, from just like grab some massage oil, pour it on there, just touch and stroke and feel around. Mm-hmm. I also think many times if there are body parts that feel weird when we touch them, the addition of lubrication can make a difference. It may not completely transform things, but it does feel different and often better. So that's worth mm-hmm. considering. My mind also did go I'm to oral lose stuff. i my belly button later, aren't I? Oh, <laughs> I mean, Ugh. you got to try it, right? Like, <laughs> oh, I do. Fuck. Uh. I feel like a massage oil would be the best thing, though, rather than a sexual lube. I don't know why I think mm. that. That's just a gut feeling. Um, it's 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 thinner. I don't know that I need something gloopy in my belly button. Right, right. Like gel-like. Mm. I also wonder if you could come into a belly button and then lick your own cum out of it. Mm-hmm. Your face lit up when I said that. <laughs> yeah, like a little shot glass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, you you could ask your partner to wear a crop top sometimes. That could be mm-hmm. cute. Little little belly button flash when you're out and about. I also mm-hmm. wonder if arousal gel would do anything for that area. Um, usually arousal gels are meant to be applied to the clit. And usually they have something like menthol, peppermint, etc. That sort of awakens the nerve endings and brings blood flow to the area. And I wonder if that would help like sort of sensitize it so that touching it might feel better or at least more interesting, a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a good one for like crop top for just like having it exposed and both of you knowing that that is like explicitly sexual and no one else knowing right mm-hmm. that's that that is a fun one yeah and i also think that this is a fetish that's sort of right on the border where it someone could have the thought like oh are you actually attracted to me or are you just attracted to belly buttons and i think that you would benefit from emphasizing what is it about this person's belly button that you find attractive? You can yeah. describe it pretty specifically if, if you're into it to that level and make them see their own belly button through new eyes. <laughs> like I've definitely had times when people pointed out like, oh, I really like that one part of your body and I'm like normally into that part of bodies, but yours is particularly X, Y, Z adjectives. And I was like, huh, you're actually right. It is those adjectives. Yeah. And that's very interesting. And, uh, yeah. I think that that would go a long way toward helping a partner feel like it was hot too. Belly buttons are also in a a good place for you to like have your hands on or near them while doing other things, right? Like if you're fucking someone from behind, it's actually probably easier to get like near their belly than it would be to like get to their bits to be like, you know, a hand on their clit or jerking them off or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Preferred gender. Um, You could pretty easily wrap your hand around someone and like feel near their belly button or if you're like facing each other right having your hand there ish like would feel good to you and could also feel like some degree of control to the person that you are fucking um Mm -hmm. or you know being fucked by right um you can have your hand nearish there and like you know even depending on their body shape you may be able to apply like the palm on the external g-spot in the way we talk about like right on the mons and Mm -hmm. you're like 
thumb and fingers could be up towards their belly button as well, right? Mm-hmm. And you can, like, be seeing those things. And, like, or, like, your hands wrapped on or nearish their, like, waist or belly can have your hands near there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it is, I think, worth thinking about or discussing with the people you're playing with, um bellies are also a place where folks have a lot of insecurities often yeah right um i'm thinking about uh you remember that story melina told Mm -hmm. um about someone that she was playing with who kept grabbing at her belly and she kept like moving their hand to her ass or her tits or like literally any other source of fat (laughs) that we've been told is hotter than the one that's on our belly right Mm -hmm. because she was having a lot of insecurity and like she winds up like leaning forward and growling in her, or she like winds up saying like, could just stop grabbing my belly? Like it's drawing attention to this thing that I like, don't want, whatever. And he like leans forward and growls like, but I like it, you know, or like, mm-hmm. shut up, I like it, whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, she was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> right. So like, I yeah. do think it is worth making your feelings about belly buttons or their specific belly button explicit if you are going to spend a lot of time pawing at their belly right Mm -hmm. um because i think that is a place where like culturally we're taught to have a lot of shame totally and like this frankly is probably a good opportunity to like you were saying have people feel really good about this part that they you know may not yep we have time for one more and this one like wasn't really a question i just thought this was really interesting and i guess i'm just curious about your impressions um Uh uh-huh this person was saying that they're really into body markings such as moles or freckles or birthmarks. And they said, this goes further than a fetish. When I'm looking at someone to see if they're attractive, I look at them to see if they have any visible markings. And only when I spot one do I really start to get turned on, even if it's just a small mole on someone's forearm or something. Um, they said, I have no idea where this comes from. I guess the best way I can try to explain it is that they make a person feel real. Like, I guess only real people have body markings or something, IDK. I was like, huh, um, I've never heard that before. <laughs> yeah, that's super interesting. I think that that would be well, hard to explain to someone without it seeming fetishizing, even though it literally is fetishizing. Um, right. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, frankly, my first thought is I have beauty mark next to my eye and also one next to my cunt, so, like, <laughs> call me. Um, <laughs> but uh, also, if you look at my porn, the, the there there is a beauty mark, like, right on the side of my hole that mm. is in half of the pictures and not in other ones because I fully, I decide whether or not I'm going to edit it out based on the single photo. So it's just the <laughs> magical vanishing beauty mark. Um, <laughs> but it's a totally derailment. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, yeah, I, so here's the thing. The way they talk about this um I'm rarely in the camp of, like, you don't super need to talk about a thing, but, like, how important is it that they tell someone that, like, this is the thing that they... Because they're like, I don't find someone attractive until I notice that they have this. So, Mm -hmm. like, okay. So it's not... You're not, like... You're presumably not approaching and pursuing people that don't have them right (laughs) and that it's not a thing that a person could add or take away it's just a thing that they have right Mm 
um, like there is space, I think, for saying like, I think you're really hot and I think this is this is really cute on you or like I really like mentioning it in the list of things you find hot about them. Right. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't sound like they want to like jerk off onto their mole or like they want to like, you know, like it, it, Mm -hmm. it feels more like a like. I don't know, I've only been into people with brown eyes. And it's like, okay, then you're going to probably keep dating people with brown eyes. You're not going to, like, be really into someone with blue eyes and be like, go get some contacts, bitch. Like, uh, you know, like... (laughs) Yeah. So it... it, uh, Yeah, I don't know. It, it, It feels like the kind of thing that will work itself out that it's it's not a thing that a person can super change about themselves. Like... And it doesn't feel like a thing that, you know, is worth raising early in a relationship because it will feel like a secret was kept if you reveal it, you know, when you're a year into this person and they're like, oh, you obviously quite like me for me. And you can just be like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, weirdly, I'm not into people who don't have these things. Like, I think that's the other thing. I think there's the majority of people are going to have some kind of visible something somewhere right Mm -hmm. um some kind of body marking right like so so yeah i don't it feels like the kind of thing that it it, a cluster of like yeah i'm usually into this kind of person whatever like yeah i i don't know You, you get what i'm getting at Yeah, I think that there's such a big difference between framing something as like, I'm into you because you have this thing versus like, I just don't tend to be, I just don't tend to be into people who don't have this thing. Yeah. Um, And I agree that it's like not necessarily something that needs to be disclosed early on if you don't want to. Like this person, I don't know, but this person didn't say anything about like trying to incorporate this interest into sex like I don't know that they're there like licking beauty marks or what have you so it may not be all that relevant beyond the degree of initial attraction which can be explained by multiple things uh, at least theoretically um this also made me think about I have a freckle on my clit hood and I used to tell people I hadn't thought about this for years until I read this But I used to tell people, like, touch me on the freckle. Like, I would use it as, like, a visual guide because most people go for the clit really directly and I always wanted to be touched through the hood. And I would be, like, just Mm -hmm. right here where the freckle is. And I just feel like that was more memorable for people uh, Mm -hmm. because I often have had the problem of, like, I show someone where I want them to touch me, I reposition their hand, and then, like, you know, a minute later they're back to where they were before because they're just going back to what they're used to. Um, So it can be nice to have that visual guide. (laughs) This is like a total derailment of the thing that we're talking about. (laughs) But, uh, oh, this is also a thing I can talk about on the bonus. Uh, We'll get into the details of it later. But I went to a a screening (laughs) of Debbie Does Dallas. Mm. And there was a moment where someone was like, pornolingus, like, that did not look like it felt good. Um, Going directly for the head of, it's like, very tiny cis woman clit. I forget how t- I forget how tiny they are when you don't put tea in them. Sometimes it's just it's right there. So I mean, mine was tiny, and I was definitely watching it, like leaning over to my partner. Anyway, um, 
But there was at one point where they like just as soon as they started straight for the head of the clip, whatever. And my partner like leans over to me and was just like, I literally just heard in Kate's voice being like, if you just go straight for the head of my clip, like I, <laughs> they were just like, Kate specifically would hate that. That's so funny. My reputation, my impact. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I actually yeah. just, I recently hooked up with someone who has been a long time friend with benefits but I haven't hooked up with him in quite a while and he was like mm-hmm. doing direct clit stuff and I didn't say anything at the moment but I was like I do I do plan on having more sex with this person so I was like just made a mental note like oh okay I'm gonna need to um to give an update on the on the the re-explication of, of that particular thing about mm-hmm. me that's mm-hmm. that's actually quite important <laughs> uh-huh yeah yeah just gotta like refresh the software update that's fine they'll get there yeah yeah <laughs> But yeah, I, all of that is to say, bringing it back to what we were like actually talking about um, with this beauty mark thing. I think uh, this reminds me of the time when I was talking to a like 19, 20 year old who had for a while identified as gay and was suddenly attracted to a cis woman and was like, I need to update everyone. I need to notify everyone immediately that I am now bisexual. Should I call my exes? I think I should call my exes. And I was like, sweetie, you really don't need to. But it feels very Gen Z of like the that like this person is like, I've only ever been attracted to people who have beauty marks. I'm like, bro, a lot of people have beauty marks. I don't just fuck people mm-hmm. who have beauty marks. And like, right. when you are listing the many things that you find hot about this person with beauty marks, you can throw that in there, right? Or when they're like, mm-hmm. hey, isn't that person kind of hot over there? And you're like, no, I don't know. I just feel like, uh, yeah, weirdly, their skin is too clear for me. I don't know. I don't <laughs> love people. Like, I actually kind of find it hot when they have like some freckles or like moles or beauty marks or whatever. And I don't, I don't see any on them, so I'm, like, weirdly not into them. I don't know, right? Like, it can just be a quirk of your attraction. It does not have to be defining. And it mm-hmm. feels like this post, like, coming to the sex subreddit and being like, I don't know, I'm just not, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. feels a little overthought. Yeah. And I say that lovingly as a person who overthinks fucking everything. Like, I think you can let this one kind of go, and I don't think it has to be a piece of your identity. I think it can just be an ambient fact about the way you have relationships. Yeah, I think labeling fetishes and kinks is in many cases very helpful because it helps us find porn or communities Mm -hmm. or what have you, but there are some cases where it's just like not really needed. Like you can use it if it helps you and if it helps you understand yourself and feel more legitimate in what you're into. But I also think that everybody has stuff that they're just into or not into that could be considered outside of the norm and we don't always need to slap a label on that if we don't really want to yeah this feels a little bit like the the polar opposite of some of the more specific ones where we were talking about earlier where it was like no Mm -hmm. like define the thing so you can find the other people who love the thing whereas this is like there's you're gonna you don't need to they're just everywhere just everywhere yeah. most people have a something somewhere and yeah. the people who feel the need to cover them or don't have them at all or just don't have to be in your dating pool and that's fine yeah it's okay that you're types of people you're not particularly into yep all right thank you for joining us for this episode of the dildorks i've been kate sloan you can find me online at katesloan.com i have a sex blog at girlyjuice.net 
I also have a weekly paid newsletter. Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at girly underscore juice, and I have two books out, 101 Kinky Things Even You Can Do and 200 Words to Help You Talk About Sexuality and Gender. Where is your stuff? I'm Billy Lore. You can find all my porn and information about my workshops and all the other things I do over at billylore.com. Uh, listeners of this show can go to billylore.com slash dildork, singular, it's you, you're the dildork, um, <laughs> for a free seven-day trial to my sites to come check out the stuff that I'm doing over there, mostly because y'all make it more fun. Come talk to me. I love you people. You're fucking weird like me. It's great. Uh, I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at billylore and billylore underscore, respectively. Uh, I posted my first TikTok. It's exciting, I suppose. Uh, so go hang out with me at BillyLore underscore over there. Um, the, the app still overwhelms me and stresses me out, but I have plenty of things I want to post over there. So hopefully you'll be seeing my face over there a, a little bit more. Unfortunately, I think I'm well suited for it, even though it stresses me out. Uh, together <laughs> with the Dildorks, we're on Twitter and Instagram at the Dildorks, at thedildorks.com, and go to patreon.com slash Dildorks to throw money at us, keep us fed and housed, and all those lovely things. Um, yeah, occasionally buy us sex toys. Yeah, all the fun things. Uh, for $6 a month, you get access to our Discord, and for $12 a month, you get our exclusive Patreon-only bonus episodes, which uh, we're recording our next one tomorrow. And uh, over the course of this episode, I think we figured out some of the things that we're going to be talking about on it uh so should be fun yeah i have a juicy personal update to share on the bonus this i know you teased it you teased it early like we were talking we were gossiping earlier and i had i had tea for you and you were like "Mm, you have to wait till tomorrow for my story it's fine Uh, Actually, I, I need to s- capture your reactions to this information. So yeah, the internet sorry. is a hellscape. <laughs> um, so speaking of uh, the internet being a hellscape, we would love if you would leave us reviews on the various podcast services. I noticed we haven't had mm. an iTunes review in like a, quite a long time, and it really helps new people find us. And I'm sure you can agree if you're a regular listener of ours that people's sex lives in general would be better if more people were listening to our show. I don't want to brag, but I do think that's true. <laughs> so Plus, leave like, us- it inflates my ego. Which, yes. You know, obviously needs more of that. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, if you want to, like, low-key flirt with us through an iTunes review, that would also make me smile. <laughs> Just talk about how hot and smart we are. There's so many reasons to leave us <laughs> iTunes reviews. Um I also want to say thank you to our top tier Patreon supporters, Stabitha Christie, Nat, Amelia, Amy, and MB. We really appreciate your support. Thank you also to Protodome, who did our theme song. Thank you to Amy, who did our logo. And thank you to you for listening. Until next time, folks, get out there and live your sexy, dorky life. Should I, for a bloop, read you one of the ones that we didn't get to? Yes. Semen nutrition. Here's a kink that is actually helpful for my life. When I take vitamins or eat healthy or stay hydrated, I feel a little bit turned on at the idea that I'm doing it to produce more healthy semen. It feels a little femdommy and breeder-esque, imagining my wife controlling my diet or force-feeding me pills to make me come more and have healthier sperm. Um, while this is not the case remotely, I still get to imagine this little fantasy every time I make a healthy decision for myself. 
Maybe I like the feeling of having only one purpose and spending all day with the one goal of being a healthy breeder for my controlling wife. When I masturbate, I like to eat my own semen. In my mind, I'm recycling those nutrients to stay healthy and ready to breed my wife. I just, this is great. I love this. Yeah, I love that. That's fantastic. (laughs) Good for this person. Like, I know. Better living for kink. I know. For a minute, I was like, they said more healthy cum, and I was like, healthy for the person, or do we just want the sperm in the cum to be healthy for as long as it is presumably alive? Um, Weird. Anyway, um, regardless, though, I love that. That's delightful. And yeah, it very much feels like an extension of breeding. I don't know. This is a a bloop, but I'm just already fascinated. Love this (laughs) for this person. I don't, yeah, I don't have like thoughts or advice. I was just like, this is very creative and I like this. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have advice. I just like it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Uh me too. Yeah. (laughs) 